In this episode, rather than interviewing a guest, which I typically do, I share a talk that I gave at the Market Movers Conference here in Raleigh, North Carolina. And the theme of my talk was how to maximize our well-being and performance. And I key in on one ingredient that I think is very important before starting any habit, and that's having a clear vision. So I hope you enjoy this special episode. Welcome to the Become a Provider podcast, a show about how people bless and protect others and how you can do the same. I'm your host, Justin Thomas. Let's begin. Please join me in welcoming to the stage, Justin Thomas. Well, it's a privilege. It's a privilege to be here. And what we're talking about, personal development, is something that I love talking about. And to the point where I'd like to begin my talk with you today with a confession. I know that's a little bit unusual, but I feel like I got to get this off my chest. And while I want us to all have practical tips and tools at the end of this talk about how do we maximize our well-being, our health and happiness, and how that bleeds into our performance at work and at home, Let's get to the confession part of the story here. And that's, I'm slightly addicted to personal development. If you look at my office, my bookshelf, I've got the classics of seven habits of highly effective people. I've got how to win friends and influence people, the alchemists, I've got it all. And so my wife rolls her eyes a little bit when I'm signing up for another workshop or another speaking engagement or another book because I thirst for this knowledge. And it really dawned on me how I was committed to personal development when we were at a retreat. It was a small gathering together, and the facilitator stopped and just looked directly at me and said, Justin, what do you spend your money effortlessly on? And so I was just honest, and I said, personal development, which isn't a bad answer. My wife chuckled because she knew it was the correct answer, but we were at a retreat, and the theme was generosity, which... It's a little bit awkward to say that I love spending money myself when you're talking about the theme of generosity, but how can we use this slightly addictive, let's say, passion that I have for the good and to overcome problems that we could all feel and that we all face in life? And that is simply, we tend to gravitate towards an unsustainable lifestyle. And that unfortunately leads to burnout. And hopefully all of us here aren't at that stage of chronic stress or burnout. Yet, just by human nature, that's what we gravitate towards, is by default, we're going to crowd our schedules, we're going to overcommit, and we're going to take on too much. So how do we avoid that? How do, instead of that, how can we just simply maximize well-being and performance? And it, this costs us financially if we don't get it right, let alone our feelings and relationships. And in fact, Forbes a couple years ago came out with a study to say, on average, the American employee will lose $16,000 worth of productivity a year just because they're living an unsustainable lifestyle. They're burnt out, they're not working at their peak performance, and so this is a tens of thousands of dollar problem that we all face. And even if we're operating on our A game, we're just a step or two away from falling off this cliff and experiencing this loss of productivity, not only for ourselves, but as we lead others. So for me, I had to come across this in a variety of different ways, and this truth hit me in a couple of different scenarios that I'd like to share with you. And the first one was I was a young project manager going on site to a client trip for a week-long implementation process to implement this software. 
I was managing a team, a small team of three, and so we fly out to a small town in the Midwest, and we're preparing to implement this software. The first day goes great. As a project manager, I'm handling the logistics, I'm driving the car from the hotel to the client's site, and it's kind of out of a movie, honestly, where a song comes on, a Tom Petty tune that we all know, and we kind of hum along, and everyone's getting along, we go on site, we talk with the client, you can feel the energy, everything's going well on day one, right? And then this, the client starts to ask some questions and wants to make some changes, and I've got employee one saying one answer, and employee two saying a different answer, and I'm trying to play the role of peacemaker as I'm a little bit like this ping pong ball going back and forth between these two teammates of mine, and trying to make their message sound the same to pretend to the client like we're all on the same page, but I'm beginning to see the cracks in this. But hey, I'm the peacemaker, I can do this, I can handle the stress, and so we're on site day one, day two, day three, and day three when we're driving into the office, there's no more humming along, there's no more singing along, it's awkward silence, we get into the conference room that the client has provided for us, I sit down and I look to my left and to my right and my two teammates are far apart. So it is obvious that we have a crack in the system, things are going well, and I'm trying to play the role of running over to teammate one, running over to teammate two, and trying to piece this thing together because we're on site for a reason, to go live and it has to be successful. So we get to the day of launch. It's Friday, we've put in the work and effort, and you know the purpose of being on site is to be on site. You want that face-to-face -face interaction with your client. You want to have that personal connection. Well, lo and behold, the day of go live, I'm not on site. I'm in the parking lot with a pounding migraine with blurry vision because the stress has become too much for me. And this is when the light bulb went off to say that maybe I'm not doing this right. And I thought that I was serving my teammates well and my clients well, but actually what I was doing is what we all face a challenge of is that the standard implementation of servant leadership often leads to burnout, unfortunately. And we want to give and serve, but we could end up like me in the parking lot with a pounding migraine because you didn't handle it well. And I was missing a truth that I was still trying to figure out. Fast forward a couple years later, I've moved out of that project management role, I've completed the MBA, and now I have a chance to be a CEO of a small tech company. And so I like to try to make things fun and engaging and sometimes the most boring meetings are annual meetings. And so I thought, I'm gonna take on this challenge and it's gonna be fun and dynamic, and I'm gonna create a team trivia to ask my teammates just basic questions like, how many clients do we have this last year? What was our average rating on the App Store? And what were some revenue figures? And then the winner will get a nice prize like we're doing here today. Well, I get to one question that I'll never forget. And it seemed like a very basic one, and the question was, did we make money this year? Were we profitable? Yes, no answer. So everyone puts in their answers on the full sheet of paper, and we then go over the answers, ending with that last question. Were we profitable? So I give the answer of yes. And we go around the room, and everyone says what they put in there. We kind of laugh and joke about how sometimes we're so siloed in our work that we actually don't know what's going on, if we made money or not. We just care about the paycheck we have. And so that was really the purpose of that team trivia, was to provide that transparency to the rest of this team. But it backfired on me. And the reason it backfired on me was I was leading unsustainably. Because that final answer, I said the correct answer was yes. Our bookkeeper, the accountant, said no. Imagine the awkward scenario, standing in front of the team, and my answer is different than the bookkeeper's answers. 
And I realized once again, I had made a fatal mistake. I had tried to pretend that our current business model was sustainable and that things were going well. And technically, we did make a profit that year because some of the leadership team deferred their salary, but our bookkeeper knew better and had more integrity than I did in that scenario. And the lesson that I learned from that is that we actually serve others better when we're providing for ourselves. And you want to be transparent with people and honest. And so these were a couple of the light bulbs that kept coming up in my career of, gosh, you know, I'm trying hard, and I'm trying to be the best leader I can be, and I'm trying to operate at the best version of myself to maximize my well-being and performance, both professionally and personally, but I'm still missing the mark in a couple of different ways. And so what I realized was we have this opportunity to do it the right way, and it's by moving up this hierarchy of leadership. And so what I've discovered in my career so far is that think of leadership as this pyramid, and we start at the base of this, where we're, we're growing into a management role, a leadership role. And the traditional way of managing is to, how can I be successful to grow and climb up that ladder? And so the focus is really on ourselves. And fortunately, we have evolved beyond this in business literature, in theory, in strategy, to say, well, it's not just about us, it's also about others. And so we have this concept of servant leadership. But remember, our standard way of implementing servant leadership often leads us to headaches because we're just giving and serving others. And so there's another way that we can maximize our well-being and performance, and that's by being a provider leader. So what I've discovered through this experimentation myself and having the opportunity to interview other business leaders is that there's healthy habits that we can all take. And so habits are very important to me. As a health coach, your health depends on your habits, and your well-being depends on your habits, which then leads to that performance, so you don't lose tens of thousands of dollars in performance by being burnt out. So the habits are broadly put into a top half of a circle of these are the ways to bless yourself and others, and the bottom half of that circle of these are ways to protect others and yourself. So you're doing both and. and I started to do that because, like many other MBAs, type A business professionals, you want to get to those habits. What are the key things that I need to do to not have that headache, to not be embarrassed in front of my team, to be that leader that I'm proud of myself? And so I started doing all these habits, and I realized I was kind of missing the main point. And if I don't have an authentic vision for myself of how I can provide for myself and to provide for others, then I'm missing the mark, and I'm just going to eventually burn out by doing all these blessing and protecting habits, and I'll just be right back in that parking lot or embarrassed in front of others. And so this is the key that I want to focus on today, is how do we create that healthy vision for ourselves, the provider vision that both blesses and protects ourselves and others in a way that's sustainable, that we can be that enduring leader to maximize our well-being and performance for the long term. So I'd like to share another story. How did I come across this idea of having this compelling vision? Well, fast forward a couple more years, I decide, ah, that tech CEO role, I'm not the best at it there. Let me transition to another career. And I find myself sitting at Duke Integrative Medicine, just up the road from here, and I'm taking a class. And it's how to become a health coach. It's a training and certification course. And so I'm a little bit of the oddball. Uh, for one, uh, I'm you know, in the 1% of the males in the room, uh, which is a little bit different coming from the tech world, primarily all guys there with the development team. 
And so I'm noticing that I stick out. Uh, I don't do yoga. Um, I, I'm not a vegetarian or vegan. I like meat. And uh, here I am sitting in the room with these other clinicians and healthcare providers, and I'm this random bearded business guy hoping to become a health coach because I have this desire to be the best version of myself, to go beyond just the books, and to figure out, like, how can I do this well and sustainably for my job and my profession? So here I am in this course, and we sit down, and to get things more weird, the trainer says, I want you to close your eyes. So this was really awkward for me to go through, and naturally, I'm going to invite you to do the same thing now. So you're already doing the first step in this process, sitting down. The next thing that our teacher told us that I'll encourage you to do now is to put both feet firmly on the ground. Get in a comfortable position. And then take a nice couple deep cleansing breaths, ideally through your nose and out your nose, five seconds in, five seconds out. You should feel your heart calming down. And I'd invite you, this will only be for a couple minutes, to actually close your eyes. And I'll lead you through a vision setting process where imagine yourself outside in an area you love and feel comfortable in, it's familiar to you, and you see a path. You start walking down that path, and you notice your surroundings. Notice the colors, what season is it? If you feel tired, feel free to take a break on the bench along the path, and then continue your journey until we get to a gate. Now, before stepping over the threshold of that gate, you notice a basket. If there's anything that you want to put in that basket, feel free to do so, and then step beyond the threshold. Once you do that, you notice that there's a building. Once again, it's somewhat familiar. You step into that building, and lo and behold, you're greeted by your future self. This is the version of yourself that is maximizing their well-being and their performance in life. And they invite you down to sit down for a cup of coffee or a drink, and you get a chance to ask them any questions you want to, such as, how in the world did you get there? I've been struggling to do what you're doing here, and you've obviously accomplished it. You have that quick connection point with your future self. Thank them, and you leave that building, you go back to the gate, you step over that threshold, and down the path, you return to the room here that we're all in. So feel free to open your eyes. That might have been really awkward and something you didn't want to do. That's how I felt at the time. But guess what? I actually saw my future self. I actually kind of had a takeaway from that, and maybe one or two of you did as well. And what I saw personally was someone that was more seasoned and experienced and kind of looked like a military professional uh, that had done some real work in life and in their own health and wellness and much stronger. And this is odd because I'm just a civilian. I'm a business guy turned health coach and no experience whatsoever in the military except for attending a high school basketball camp at the Virginia Military Institution. So uh, it was a little bit odd for me to see that. And it really compelled me to say, how do I get there? How do I get to that future version of myself after that exercise? So I really had a takeaway from it. Now, if you're still not a believer of this whole vision setting thing, I'd like to share with you a case study that involves basketball. So here I am with my, one of my daughters uh, with basketball, teaching her how to play the game. And there was a study done by a college professor in Chicago in the late 90s with a group of students. And that was to test out how well are they at free throws, which kind of seems random, but we don't care about free throws. We care about 
what actually improves our performance? Practice? Is it vision? What is it? So he had everyone shoot free throws, he documented their baseline, and then he divided them up into three groups. Group one, he said, congratulations. I want you to do nothing over the next 30 days. Don't think about basketball, don't touch basketball, don't dream about basketball, do nothing, and you'll get an A. Group number two, he said, I want you to practice every single day. From now until the next 30 days, you practice your free throws for at least 30 minutes a day. Group number three, don't touch a basketball, don't practice, but I want you to visualize 30 minutes a day making that free throw. So what happened? Well, oddly enough, the people that visualized performed almost as well as the people that practiced every single day. And to no one's surprise, when you do nothing, you have no performance improvement, right? We all knew that. But what's fascinating is that even if that previous vision ex ex or exercise that we just did, if that didn't resonate with you, if you said, like, I don't believe in this vision setting stuff, the study shows that actually you can do just as well just by visualizing success almost than practicing. So I find this extremely, extremely fascinating. So what are our next steps here? I hope this has encouraged you to take time to create a provider vision. How do you provide for yourself and others? Maybe take a little bit more time with that exercise, go through it yourself in a quiet space to think about what is my future version able to do that I want to do now? I want to be that person to maximize my well-being and my performance. And for some, it's journaling. You can write out that letter. And you can even start to dive a little bit deeper into what do I need to let go of? Remember that basket? Like, you know, some of you might have actually visualized taking something out of your pocket and putting in there. It could be a physical item or relationship. So really take some time to think about that. And if you're interested in some additional resources, feel free to go to my website to then see how, what you do after setting that provider vision to go into the steps now that you've got that authentic vision for yourself. I'd like to leave you with just one more story. As I mentioned, my provider vision for myself was this kind of strong military guy. And I decided, well, let me see what I can do about this and take a step towards that. So this is a bittersweet image of me suffering, carrying a heavy load with a bunch of other guys. And let me explain what this is. There's a company called GORUCK, and they employ military special ops professionals, Green Berets, Army Rangers, Navy SEALs, and they come to a specific location with a bunch of civilians like myself that have paid for this event, and overnight you go without sleep or rest, and for 12 hours you just do whatever they say to do. You pick up heavy stuff, you do some push-ups and sit-ups, and you see if you can make it. It's an endurance event as a team. So after getting my vision, I signed up for one of these things, and I failed completely. I was the person in the back because I just couldn't physically shoulder the load. I didn't prepare for it. I just thought, like, half the battle was signing up because someone told me that was the hardest part. Wrong. And when I struggled to lift the weight, I realized, like, gosh, you know, I'm, I'm actually holding back the team here. How can I do better than this? And I was the one to want to volunteer to be carried and to pretend that I was hurt and literally in the back, not wanting to shoulder any of the weight. Well, a year goes by and I still haven't gone towards that vision and I really want to. And so I decide to sign up for another event. A month before the event is supposed to happen, my father unexpectedly dies of a heart attack. And I have the opportunity to speak some remarks at his funeral and the one word that I wanted to leave people was provider. And it meant so much to me because we tend to think of providing as 
financial provision. And I think of it as maximizing your wellness and maximizing your performance. You're providing for yourself and for others. So once again, inspired by my own personal vision and the legacy of my father, I signed up for another event. And you know what? It was still hard. It still broke me down. But 10 hours into that event, we stop, and I think it's over. But the special ops military cadre says, nope, you right there, you're a casualty. You can no longer contribute. Someone needs to carry you. And we are leaning over and saying, oh, man, I can't do this anymore. And the cadre says, OK, it's time to pick this guy up. And surprising to even myself, I just went into action. I just went over to the guy, slung him over my shoulders, and I started carrying him, and the group followed me. And I literally only went a block, but it was enough to show myself that I had progressed with the vision for myself, that I was now providing for others and myself in a new way that I never thought was possible. And it starts with having a vision. It's not just about us. So to leave you with a takeaway, believe this that we can serve others better by providing for ourselves. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this episode. Before you take off, I wanted to ask if you would enjoy getting a short email from me every Wednesday called A Kind Word. It provides a little positivity to help you get over hump day. It's free and shares highlights of things that have brought me joy over the past week. If you want to start getting a kind word from me, simply sign up at justinthomascoaching.com by entering your email address and you'll get the next one. That's justinthomascoaching.com. Thanks again for listening. Bless and protect.